Hi everyone, and it's David and Ali on the run on this lovely Wednesday afternoon, and we are really, really, really excited because we have joining us today a very special doctor who has been vaccinated today. So Dave, I don't know if you want to introduce our doctor coming on air now. Yes, I would love to. Firstly, I would just like to say like, I don't know why, but I'm just so excited that the vaccines have finally come. Obviously, I know know why. It's been so long. You know, it's been like a year and a half. But um, actually, my brother got vaccinated this morning. And I think it's the essential workers that are getting vaccinated first. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Um, For me, it's a bit surreal to imagine that the vaccine has finally arrived in South Africa. And we've been talking about this vaccine for so long that it's kind of crazy (laughs) to now know people (laughs) who have been vaccinated. It's insane. Um, So Sherry, Sherry Fanaroff is joining us on the line today and sherry how are you feeling you've been vaccinated i feel fantastic i'm really excited to have had my vaccine today uh there was an amazing vibe this morning i had it done at baraguanath hospital oh wow. oh wow everything ran amazingly smoothly they were doing it in batches of healthcare workers oh, fantastic. um it was really well organized you kind of went into each line, 64 doctors or healthcare workers. Wow. It was a whole mix of healthcare workers at a time. You kind of showed your um, voucher and your ID number and your healthcare worker registration. You had to have an appointment mm-hmm. and you went through that process. Then you went into the next room uh, where you had to fill in some paperwork. And then you went into the next room where you had to fill in things like adverse events, and you had to make sure all the forms were completed properly because it's part of it. Remember, we are still part of a vaccine trial mm-hmm. at the moment. And then all 64 of you kind of went into the next room where there were 64 nurses at stations oh. and they had done, I think I was the second or the third session probably this morning. Mm-hmm. Everyone got allocated to the specific seat where there was a nurse waiting for you with your vaccine, with your name on it. And then just as we walked out, I got an SMS on my phone to say, this is your confirmation that you've been vaccinated and here's your vaccination number. That's amazing. So, but really, it was amazingly done. We were so that's, impressed that's with the whole process. Absolutely amazing. It's so exciting to hear that that's running smoothly and that people are getting vaccinations. For sure. So um, how, long, how long does it take before you're properly immune to, to the new strain or just to any strain of COVID-19? Yeah, so that's a good question. We think from about 14 days, Mm -hmm. but immunity actually gets better as you go. So most of the trials looked at 28 days and further, and Mm -hmm. the the longer ago you've had it, the better the immunity. So what does it mean if if, um, for a vaccine to still be in trial? And, and and when is it when is it free for or not free but when is it available to the public? To when is it open? So at the moment, you know, we were supposed to get the AstraZeneca vaccine mm-hmm. in South Africa, and that was put on hold because there was a lot of concern about the AstraZeneca's vaccine not being effective against the South African strain. Mm-hmm. So Prof. Glenda Gray and Department of Health and various other people really moved mountains to get Johnson & Johnson to donate 300,000 vaccines. And the the reason that it's in trial is that it's much quicker to register vaccines for a trial Mm. than it is to get them registered for use. So it's registered for a specific trial called the Sisonke trial. It's a stage 3B trial, which means that there are no placebos. So in the initial vaccine trials, some people get placebos, some people get the real thing. In the stage 3B, which is 
which they brought in specifically to try and get the healthcare workers vaccinated early, mm -hmm. um, everybody gets a real vaccine. Oh, so that's why it's still in trial. And then, so that's about 300,000 doses waiting for the, you know, are being used for that trial. So then are they going to monitor your progress? Absolutely. So we have to fill in adverse events and stay in touch. And okay. it's, it will be a big trial. Um, and it's basically like a real world trial nice. because that's, that's how it is in the real world. That's really interesting. And in terms of symptoms, I've heard a lot of people feel um, headaches, body aches after, after receiving the vaccine. Are you experiencing any of these? So, so far, I'm still good. I had my vaccine at nine o'clock this morning, and it is about four o'clock now. So, I have had some panada, but I took it prophylactically. Okay. Um, you know, people have been vaccinated only since last Wednesday. It's only been here for a week. A week. Wow. Um, quite a few of my colleagues had their vaccine on Monday and yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, some of them had absolutely no side effects. Others had headaches and myalgias, quite severe body pains. Some had chills and fevers, um, but they've all said it's worth it. A hundred percent. So nobody's been too bad. So <laughs> okay, what, they, what, what they watch for, just as they've done the vaccine, is anaphylaxis. Which but is? Actually with, which is a, like an acute allergic reaction. Okay. And that would generally happen in the first 15 minutes. Fine. So for that reason, so everyone okay. stays at the site after 15 minutes. It's unlikely you're going to get an anaphylactic reaction. Um, and, you know, the, the other reactions are actually a sign of your immune system working really hard to kind of build antibodies against this, this foreign product that's yeah. been put into mm. your body. So it's actually a good thing. Okay. So if we look at the, the AstraZeneca vaccine, which has obviously not been used now, um, as opposed to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, what are the inherent differences between those two? Um, should AstraZeneca, I mean, I don't know how, if there has been a definitive uh, 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 research made on whether the, the AstraZeneca vaccine will prevent care and, and will be use for, for yeah. uh, if you have the new strain. You know, should that, should that happen and should that reach a point? I mean, the, the two side to side, which one is better? So the AstraZeneca vaccine was doing really well in the early trials and the results were really good. But we got this new mutation towards the end of last year. And unfortunately, when they put out the results, which was really once the vaccines had already landed in South Africa, they found that it was just not effective in the South African setting. Mm -hmm. So one of the problems with the AstraZeneca trials is that they were done on a young cohort of patients. Okay. And so they had very little data in people over 65, and those are the people that get severe disease. Mm -hmm. So what we know about AstraZeneca and the new strain is that it doesn't work very well at preventing mild to moderate disease. Okay. What we actually don't know yet is if it works well in older patients and against severe disease and hospitalizations, and it might, but the problem is that it might not. So I, I do believe that our um, Department of Health made the correct decision to put it on hold. They've actually taken quite a lot of criticism for it from WHO. Um, there are a few countries that have not approved AstraZeneca for their over 65 population, but are using it for the younger ones. But what, um, it does seem to be relatively effective against the old strain. So countries that haven't got the new strain okay. as yet can use it. 
But at the moment, um, J&J, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, actually has the best clinical data against the new strain. Nice. Okay. So I'm very happy to have received that. And what do, what, what do you mean when you say mild and severe disease? Isn't it just all one um, coronavirus or is it just one so it's strain? So it's the same virus. So as you know, there's a huge spectrum of symptoms. Mm -hmm. Some people, most people, 85% of people actually who get the SARS-CoV-2 virus, mm -hmm get mild disease. So they get, you know, flu symptoms, mm. headache, a cough, a sore throat, that type of thing. Mm. And about 15% of all people that are infected with the virus go on to get more severe disease. So they might get a COVID pneumonia, difficulty breathing, low oxygen levels. Mm. And those are usually the people that need hospitalization. Okay. And that's where J&J showed really, really good data, 85% effectiveness against hospitalization. Nice, okay. And actually in the trials done so far, 100% protection against death. Oh, wow. And that's, you know, that's what we really want. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people may still get the mild to moderate and, mm. you know, and that's okay. But if it can prevent death. the majority of hospitalizations and deaths, mm. then we really are winning the battle. Absolutely. And, then and that's why healthcare workers were so excited that mm. the vaccine was actually available. Yeah. I'm sure. Do you have any advice or maybe a suggestion or comment towards people who are scared of getting the vaccine or hesitant towards getting the vaccine? What is, what is your opinion on getting the vaccine? I mean, I can hear that you are 100% yeah. for it. But so you know, there's a big anti-vax movement for various reasons. Some of the reasons are valid, others are not. There are a lot of vaccine myths, you know, from microchips being implanted and people being controlled to it will alter your DNA. Most of it is absolute nonsense. But there is an inherent fear of vaccines. I think people are worried about how quickly they were developed. Um, and although they were developed quickly, all the steps and the processes were done, which is why I trust in them. And for me, you know, the biggest kind of reason I can say to people, if you saw what actually went on on the weekend, for example, at Steve Beaker Hospital, where I was actually on Sunday because I was meant to get my vaccine there, mm. and you saw the chaos of healthcare workers absolutely desperate to get this mm. vaccine, you know, what do they know that the anti-vaxxers don't know. And that, that, you know, that, that's what I have to say. Yeah. So I find it quite difficult to understand the, the big anti-vax movement. Mm. I think a lot of it is from misinformation and I think a lot of it is from fear. Mm. And you know, we've always had that to some extent with other vaccines, but I've never seen it to the extent as, as with the COVID vaccine. I think one, one argument that I um, had seen online was that uh, how, how, how come, as you, as you mentioned, how come the vaccine was developed so quickly, whereas with other diseases, it takes years, sometimes decades um, to develop a vaccine? Um, why, why was this one developed so quickly and can it be trusted? I think, yeah, so the reason really is that the whole world and all the best resources were behind developing it. Okay. So if you look at something like HIV, people saw HIV as a third world virus. And, you know, the USA, the UK, all the big places with the big money didn't really care about HIV in Africa, to mm. be honest. Mm. COVID affected the whole world. Mm. And there were scientists from every single country and researchers and trials all over the world. And it did go through the stages. Some of them were fast tracked. 
but actually the vaccines did not miss out on steps. All of them have, um, have been through stage one, stage two, stage three trials, okay. and are now, you know, some of them are licensed. So Johnson & Johnson, because it hasn't quite got the license from SARPA and it would take another couple of months, mm -hmm. that's why they decided to bring it in as a, a phase 3D trial, okay, nice. really just because of the registration. Okay, fantastic. We've got a question here from Maheshwari Lal, uh, who asks, hi, lovely show, thank you. Um, will we need to be vaccinated each year, similar to the flu vaccine? So the truth is that we actually don't know the answer to that yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite likely because viruses mutate, as we've already seen. So it's fairly likely that you would need to have a booster shot like you have a booster flu shot every okay. year. Okay, that makes sense. And then I, I, just another question. We've got one from Glenn Lawson. Why are the vaccines not FDA approved and what steps are needed to approve them? The FDA has only granted these vaccines with emergency use authorization, EUA, which is not an FDA approval. Yeah, so as I've said, it's, it's actually to a large extent a timing thing and because some of the studies are still not fully published. Okay. So the data looks good, but it's not, not every single box is ticked. Okay. So you might say, you know, why do healthcare workers trust that? Why should we trust that when we, you know, a lot of people compare it to something like ivermectin, where we want to see the peer-reviewed trials. Mm. Um, I, th I think that's another topic altogether, so I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> but the truth is that, you know, most people believe in the science behind the vaccine research mm. and, you, you know, are, are the majority of medical professions are happy to have it. Not all, there's always a small percentage that is, is different, mm. but you know, they, it's, it's very much a, a partly a timing issue that they're not yet FDA and SARPA approved. Okay. So going forward um, with, with the rollout plan of the vaccine, after um, obviously the health workers, who's next to get it? And, and, and when do you see the timing of that happening? So timing is the golden question. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of vaccines expected into the country at the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter. Um, we are expecting more Johnson & Johnson vaccines. We're expecting 20 million Pfizer vaccines. Wow. We're expecting more vaccines through the COVAX facility. And a lot of those, the announced timings are a bit vague on kind of end of the first quarter, which is the end of March, beginning of the second quarter. Mm -hmm. The next group to get is going to be people over 65 um, and people with comorbidities, and they'll probably prioritize that and stratify it even further to give to, for example, people in old age facilities, um, you know, compromised people or people at risk living in cohorts and, and things like that. So yeah. that's definitely the next group. Okay. So do you think... Um you know, just the, the little, the, the, the young adult in me who, who wants to have a matric, do you think would be able yeah. to, you know, have things like matric dance or have things like, you know, when you finish writing, be able to go on holiday with your friends? Um, do you think that would so, be a possibility? Yeah, realistically, even people who've had the vaccine, so, you know, all the doctors who've had it today in a month's time are still not going to be partying at a club. Mm -hmm. Because until the country has reached herd immunity and enough people are immune and not exposed, we all actually have to carry on with non-pharmaceutical measures and okay. trying to avoid it. Fantastic. So can you guys have a matric dance? Hopefully, yes, but it's going to 
most likely be under similar to conditions to last year with yeah. masks and distancing and you know it's it's not the same as it was and yeah. it's going to take a while maybe a couple of years to get to that point still so we've got a we've got another question here from Monica Colbar to us um Will the, will the rollout plan happen before the third wave, which is expected in April or May? As you said, time Probably is, the, time is a golden question, yeah. So, unfortunately, I can't see logistically how that can happen. So, mm-hmm. the third wave, you know, as, as the, the caller said, is, you know, any time between April and June, um, possibly even sooner, depending on people's behaviour, and there is no way that enough people are going to have been vaccinated. So they're really hoping that the the healthcare force, the doctors in the hospitals, in particular, are less exposed and less vulnerable by the time the third wave comes. Mm. But it's not going to be quick enough to prevent the third wave. So I mean. <sighs> You know, we, we, we've reached a point where, you know, there, there, there's this, this, you know, people still going out and, and, and sitting where we are now. Obviously, where we are sitting on now in terms of numbers is very similar to where we were sitting in about October last year. However, we have a, a variant of the virus. I mean, what do you think we, we should be doing? Do you think we should be in a point where we should... Um, be treating it the same as October last year, or do you think we have to have still continued that extra vigilance because of the 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 the, the um uh, <laughs> my words sometimes fail me, <laughs> you know because of the new the the new strain. So, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're asking. So every time a new wave has happened here or around the world, it is after people let their guard down, yeah. mm. and it's because the numbers are low and people think great, we don't have that many new cases, we can go out. That is exactly when this virus spreads. Mm. So we still really, really need to be vigilant. At school, you need to COVID protocols. And, you know, unfortunately, gatherings are really a problem because they are major super spreader events. Mm. So, you know, we might say we've only had about a thousand cases a day in South Africa the last few days, Mm. but it takes very gatherings to trigger major things and for exponential growth and yeah. especially with the new strain it's very contagious and it does spread so we saw the beginning of the second wave started off absolutely no doubt with rage last year <laughs> it was one event that actually brought our second wave forward by like four to six weeks it was only expected to come after the holidays mm. and it hit in the first week of december as rage came back yeah wow okay so Guess rage is a dark And case is yeah. so low. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, rage this year, uh, it, it, I mean, in, in my opinion, yeah. is a no-no. Yeah. So, yeah. as you know, I have a matric child yeah. and I have told her that she is not going on rage this yeah. year. She <laughs> must make, hopefully, other plans yeah. with her friends that For don't sure. involve clubs and crowds. Yeah. <laughs> Another question coming through about air cons. I know this is something a little bit off topic, but, you know, we're obviously in the heat of summer. I mean, it's very hot and air cons are not allowed. Is the, the, the study still on air cons being unsafe still valid? Probably yes. It depends a little bit on what type of aircon you have. So there are kind of extractor aircons and like the HEPA filters used in aeroplanes that actually are safe because they take virus out of the room. Mm-hmm. 
but the general type of aircon just kind of blows air and droplets and virus around the room. And that's why it's better to have open windows and open doors as opposed to air cons. Okay. And, wow. and then my, my last question is, um, you know, I'd seen, I came across a TED talk that I'd watched on YouTube of Bill Gates speaking at an event five years ago. And he was saying that the greatest threat that the world faces right now is a possible breakout of, of a virus and we're not ready for it. Um, and so at that time he was encouraging the CDC and he was encouraging all of these health organizations to put measures in place to get ready for it. And they didn't. And um, that is why it has been so bad. So I wanted to ask what can we do or what can our health organizations do to prevent this from happening again in the future? Oh, that's a really tough question to answer, David. If I had the answer to that, I would probably be doing my own TED talk and giving the answer. I I don't really know how to answer that. I think that, you know, the world has really come together over this virus in in many, many good ways. There's really been a lot of positive um, kind of communal work that's come out of it. What really has to happen is for the first world countries to not hoard vaccines and keep vaccines to themselves because if they do that Mm. and the virus is not cured in poor third world countries, Mm. it will never be eliminated. Mm. So that I would say is is gonna be the the way forward here is for the, the world to work together to get vulnerable people in every country and in poor communities vaccinated. Mm. Sorry, there's just one question that's come through from Glenn Lawson. Do any experts in South Africa have any theories as to why South Africa didn't experience lots of deaths, like what is occurring in the USA? Maybe people are healthier in in South Africa. Do you have any knowledge on this? So there are lots of theories around that. One reason is that South Africa actually has a very young population. 37% of South Africans, according to a January survey, are actually under the age of 19. Oh, wow. And we know that COVID deaths occur in general in the older population. Mm. So if you look at a country like Italy or the UK, they have a, a much greater geriatric population that's probably one of the reasons they experience much more deaths. Okay. There are lots of theories, and there have been lots of theories thrown around around you know about BCG vaccines, for example, and mm. um, you know immunity from living in townships and people living on top of each other and building up immunity from that. And those all might be valid, mm. but I don't think that any of the experts have as yet come upon a definite answer. Okay. And actually, if you look at our death rate on something like a worldometer. Our death rate is still, last time I checked, I think it was 15th or 16th highest in the world. Sure. So okay. it's actually not true that South Africa has a low death rate. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. That's Dr. Sherry Fanarak, and she's been vaccinated today and is very excited and has lots of hope for the rest of us to get vaccinated later this year, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> thank you so much thank for joining us. Thank you so much us. for joining us, Sherry. Such a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Will do. Thanks. Bye.